cue the confetti cannons, the celebration music, and who brought the champagne? Oh, <sighs> okay. I forgot. Sometime maybe later this week, <laughs> the champagne. It's the 100th episode of Retiring Today. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson, I'm the host of the podcast here with Rochelle Smith, the producer of our podcast, and with us is Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. And you know what, Lauren? You're excited. He's an excited guy, too, because we've done 100 of these. Can you believe it? Or we've almost done 100. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. I was thinking about, I was, you know, I was comparing what we're doing with the TV show. It felt like it took us forever to get to 100 TV shows. And it feels like we just started the podcast yesterday, and here we are already at 100. But we shot with the same frequency. We still shot, you know, four TV shows uh, every month, four podcasts every month. But it just feels like it's, it's a lot different. Yeah, we've been doing a TV show since uh, April of 2015. We did our first podcast, October 11th of 2019. So what we want to do today is talk about the podcast and we want to look back. So we've just been doing this since 2019, so so not even quite three years. But it's funny when you look at some of these podcasts, we want, we want to take a look at how retirement is, has stayed the same, how retirement has changed, and some of the stuff that we're watching for next when it comes to guiding you to and through retirement. So that first podcast that we dropped on October 11th of 2019, The Hidden Truths About Mutual Funds. Lauren, three years later... You still feel the same way about mutual funds. Still feel the same way. In fact, during a team meeting yesterday, uh, we were talking about some of our planning strategies and what we talk with the clients. And then that way, everybody on the team gets to hear about some of the things that we talk about. Because believe it or not, not everybody on the team listens to the podcast or, what? or watches the TV show. Uh, and very few of the team are actually in the meetings doing these types of strategies or implementing these types of strategies with families. So we were talking about mutual funds and all the benefits of using a mutual fund and some of the disadvantages of using mutual funds. A lot of people know why mutual funds are useful. They have professional management. They do the research. They make the buys and sells. Uh, can't be even on a daily basis, but very few people actually know the disadvantages of mutual funds. And, and it's because of the disadvantages why we choose not to use mutual funds within our overall investment strategies. The main disadvantage is the lack of transparency, meaning that when the, the manager is buying and selling, that costs money. They pass those costs on to you, and those costs are not reflected in that prospectus expense. So there's very little transparency in what you're actually paying in expenses. So what we showed the team was the prospectus expense of a mutual fund that we used or that we did this analysis on a recent recent client with mutual fund with a mutual fund portfolio that they had, we showed what the prospectus expense was, which was 1.49%. And then we showed what the real costs were with the hidden tax effect and the hidden transactional expenses. It was over 4%. And so the client thought that they were paying 1.49, but really they were paying over 4% for this mutual fund. And if advisors knew that those hidden fees existed, if people knew those hidden fees existed, they would not use those mutual funds. What does it take to find those additional fees? So we use a third party. It's called Personal Fund, and we pay them a subscription. We put in the ticker symbol, and then they go to work and find the hidden fees. And do people usually come to mutual funds 
first inside their 401k in the accumulation years? And are they good during that time? Well, mutual funds have been around for decades and decades. I mean, really started in the early 1900s. And so it's it's how most people grew up investing is using mutual funds. Uh, it's how most advisors grew up in the, in the investment world because they are hands off. And you, it's an easy way to get professional management. And then, of course, yeah, you throw in the 401k plans. And most 401k plans mandate that you use mutual funds. So there's this broad, vast experience that people have with mutual funds. And so when they move their 401k plan to an IRA uh, or they have a brokerage account, it's just a natural reaction to go to something they already already know and are comfortable with. So I remember writing this podcast for the very first episode and I sat down in Lauren's office across from him and I'm like, Hey, let's go over this podcast script. And I was telling him all of the things that I had read online about how great mutual funds were. <laughs> and Lauren looked at me and he's like, Oh really? Is it? And I was just like, I don't know, Lauren, I'm brand new. Like I've only been here right. for like a couple of months. Aren't they great? And Lauren's just like, no, they're not. And I was like, great. That's what the podcast will be on then. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you, not only do you grow up in the investment world thinking mutual funds are great you, and you use them so you have a level of comfort because you're used to them, but then if you try to do your own independent research online, you have to look in a very specific way to find these types of disadvantages because every, everything else is all going to be why you should be using mutual funds, right? The diversification, the hands-off experience, all that kind of stuff. So it's and that and I think that's in part why most advisors don't even know about the hidden fees or the disadvantages of mutual funds because their whole career they've heard about all the good good parts of it. So let's say I come in, I meet with the team at Mercury Retirement Planning. You look at my portfolio, look at how I'm invested. I'm in these mutual funds. You tell me I'm paying four percent fees. By the way, maybe I think that's high. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm not sure what a good percent to pay is for a fee, then what do we do next? Well, what we do is we look at alternatives because 4% is egregious. It's not only high, it's a, an egregious expense and, and it's cutting into the overall opportunity that you have to build wealth for retirement. So we don't want to pay 4% on any type of investment. There's so many other different types of investments out there that you can use that you can pay well under 1% and the difference is just in your pocket. So uh, we look at alternatives. Uh, we, we focus on how much risk you want to take within your overall portfolio. Uh, and we look at how much risk you need to take to accomplish what your retirement goals are. And then from there, we will build out the portfolio with more efficient types of investments like ETFs, individual stocks, commodities, alternatives. There's a whole list of other investments that we can use to build a more cost-effective portfolio uh, and a more tax-efficient portfolio as well. So as we record episode 100, guys, I took a look back at the last 99 episodes and I took a little tally of the kinds of things that we're talking about here on Retiring Today. So we did 28 podcasts on investments, but there's an asterisk with that one. So I'll get back to the asterisk. We did about 13 on overall planning with sort of, you know, uh, comprehensive titles like rethinking the rules of retirement. You're ready to retire now what? Or five ways to boost your retirement savings. Then we did 10 podcasts on income, things like how to get paid in retirement or social security. Then we did some on healthcare, about eight of those. And then also within that, we did seven podcasts on lawmakers or legislation. And I brought these tallies to you guys. And Lauren, you had some you had some thoughts about uh, the breakdown of this. Yeah, last night I was looking through the outline that you put together and I, I was like 28 shows on investments. That by far beats the second one, which is 13 on the overall plan. 
And I thought that was interesting because we're always talking about how it's the retirement, your retirement plan is not just about your investments, right? Everybody wants to talk about the investments. That's the sexy piece. That's what makes your money go up. Uh, but your retirement is dependent upon so many other different factors. Like when you retire, where's the income going to come from? Uh, specifically with Social Security, you may have up to 81 different options when it comes time to elect your Social Security benefits alone. And most people are really concerned about where that next paycheck is going to come once their W-2 wages go away. So we're talking about all these other strategies, but yet still 28 shows on investments, the topic that we say, yes, it's important, but Let's talk about all this other stuff. Yeah, and I look at the titles of a couple of those. The Dow Jones is not your retirement. We looked at, you know, how the Dow Jones is just an index, but you don't want your retirement portfolio to go up and down like that index does. Roth conversions, we did a couple of podcasts on that one called Roth conversions are on sale. And what happens to my 401k when I retire? So I think two thoughts when you say that. One thing about the investments is that's one portion that is changing a lot. You even just think about the market, there were a bear market, bull market, 11 year run. And then another thing, I put the asterisks by the investments because a lot of those you could make a case that they're also podcasts about income and that they're podcasts about tax planning. Yeah, and I think that demonstrates the, demonstrates the overlap uh, that we have within the overall retirement plan, Wait, right? The decisions that you make with investments can easily lead us to a conversation about uh, your income plan or your tax plan. And so when we're talking about taxes, we might also be talking about investments, but then also we're, we uh, went through uh, 2020. Since 2019, we've had two recessions and there's a lot of investment talk that's necessary when we go through a 2020 or even a 2022 uh, where the market has done some really devastating things to investors' portfolios. So when you help families and individuals build retirements, you use six guiding components. I think we should to back up just a little bit because we talk about income and investments because it's what we live with daily. These are the six components, but for some people breaking this down, even by those components could be a new concept. So when I did the tally, I did it by our six guiding components, but let's remind people what those are and how they fit in with all of the retirement plans we help people build. It is a new concept for a lot of people or just a, a misunderstood concept. I mean, our company is called Merkle Retirement Planning, which on the surface sounds weird to most people because most people are, are used to calling the investment professional their investment advisor or their financial advisor where here we call ourselves retirement planners and what does that really mean uh, what goes into a retirement plan and I like to think about it from a standpoint of put yourself in a position if you're still working put yourself in a position where next month you're not going to be working Next month, you're not going to be working. You're not going to have an income coming in from the traditional sources, but you have a lifestyle requirement, right? You're very excited because you're going to, starting next month, you have all this new time that you've never had before. Uh, you've probably, probably been dreaming about how you're going to spend that time, but you need the financial means to be able to fulfill those things that you wanted to do. Uh, so where's that money going to come from? You might have Social Security, maybe you have a pension, Maybe you have different uh, investment assets. Maybe you have a brokerage account and a traditional IRA. You have a 401k plan at your work. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to leave it? Are you going to roll it over? How are you going to take income from it? Maybe you have a Roth IRA. So where's all this income going to come from, not only at point of retirement, but also down the road? And then you have to think about things like taxes because uh, taxes have a direct impact on what your spendable income is. Uh, maybe you've had a personal experience with a family member, maybe parents going through a long-term care situation, and you've seen firsthand how expensive that can be. 
and how that can eat away at one's retirement savings. Um, maybe you've had a parent pass and you, you saw how difficult it was to transition those assets when maybe a will wasn't done the right way, maybe a trust wasn't done at all, and you're starting to think about how you don't want to put your kids through something like that. So you start thinking about all these different things. That is a retirement plan. Answers to all of those different questions go into our family's retirement plan. And that's why it's customized, because what you're trying to do next month, if you have a coworker who's also retiring next month, what they're trying to do next month is probably different than what you're trying to do, right? You have different ambitions, different goals, and that's why their retirement plan should be different from yours. And so retirement planning is a kind of a muddy topic because it means something a little bit different for everybody. And that's why it's so important for us to sit down uh, or, or talk directly with you about what your goals, your ambitions, what your lifestyle requirements are going to be. And then that helps us formulate all the financial details around how you're going to be able to accomplish that. Yeah. And what you did there was summarize the six components. So we have lifestyle, income, investment, tax planning, healthcare, and legacy planning. And we make sure that people have a plan for each one of those. It's not just investments. It's not just incomes. It's a whole retirement plan. So you might be hearing something like this for the first time, or you might have more questions about some of the pieces you're not talking with the financial advisor that you're working with about right now. Maybe they're not talking to you about healthcare. Maybe they're not talking to you about legacy planning, but you know that that's something that's important as you head to and through retirement. Well, you can talk to us about this stuff by scheduling a 15 minute complimentary retirement checkup call. Go to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E. You can schedule a 15 minute checkup call today and talk about any of these components of retirement. And Lauren, that's something that has changed since we've started doing this podcast. We've added the lifestyle component to the Merkel retirement planning process. And that was a really important uh, addition that we've made uh, recently. It was a formal addition that was made. And as I was thinking about our conversations and then what we actually deliver uh, as a physical retirement plan, there was a serious disconnect because we're always talking about the lifestyle plan. In fact, when we talk to people through these 15 minute retirement checks, up phone calls or even sit down with them for the very first time or have a Zoom visit with them, that's the first thing we're talking about is their lifestyle. What do you want to accomplish in retirement? What do you want to do that first Monday that you don't have to go back to work? What does retirement look like for you? So that's the lifestyle component. So we've always talked with people about that. We've always approached our planning process with lifestyle first. It just wasn't a formal component in the plan. And one day the light bulb just went off and was like, why don't we make this a formal part of the plan? And so that was a, a recent addition to the plan. I think it, I think it has gone over really well. Our families really love to open up their physical retirement plan and it starts with their lifestyle. Here's their objectives, here's their goals, and then the five other components, the income, the investment, the taxes, the legacy, um, and the healthcare, that's all the financial components of how they're going to accomplish that lifestyle, that that dream, that retirement vision that they have. So it's been a great addition. Uh, people love it, and it just helps further motivate them to pursue what their real retirement vision is. If you want to learn more about the lifestyle component of the Merkel plan, there is a podcast, it's called Merkel Plan Series. It has the word lifestyle in it as well. And we talk all about this lifestyle piece and how that lifestyle piece, it, it starts it starts the whole process because your lifestyle dictates everything else, income investments all the way through retirement. And I think too, what I love about the lifestyle component is it's the fun stuff. That's when you, I mean, it's gotta be one of the best parts of your job, Lauren. You sit down with people and say, hey, what do you wanna do in retirement? Yeah, that's kind of what I meant by 
by it kind of motivates them to pursue their retirement vision. Because if we start out talking about taxes and tax strategy and tax planning, that's people that's, fall asleep. That's exciting for Sean. <laughs> that's exciting for me. I love that kind of stuff. But do you love that kind of stuff? Do you, I do not. Do you really want to talk about that? Yes, you do, because it's going to help you increase your spendable income, decrease your overall retirement tax bill. But we don't want to dwell on that. And we certainly don't want to start out our conversations about retirement uh, with something as as what seems to be insignificant as tax planning. So starting with the retirement vision, yeah, tell us. What what have you been thinking about? What have you been dreaming about? What do you want to do? Do you want to get that motor home? Do you want to winter in the South? Do, do you want to chase the grandkids around? What does retirement look like for you? Uh, it's different for everybody. None of those things I just referenced was my parents' retirement vision, right? They don't want to travel they hate getting on airplanes. They yeah. love seeing their grandkids, but their grandkids are really close. Grandkids are still young, so they're not going all over the country. Uh, they just want to stay home, work on their back 40, and hang out with family, right? Everybody's vision is something a little bit different. So my parents' retirement plan might be significantly different than yours when you want to go see Europe for three weeks out of the year, or you want to have one big vacation each and every year. Or you do want to start RV in it. Uh, and that's why the lifestyle, understanding that lifestyle component is so important because that will help us identify what your financial strategy should be. What is your month-to-month income expense going to look like? Your lifestyle expense. Uh, that's going to determine which accounts we take it from. What do we do from a Social Security planning standpoint? Uh, and how much money you need on a month-to-month, year-to-year basis will impact what we're doing from a tax planning standpoint. It's also going to impact how much you have left over when you have passed to pass on to kids and grandkids and charities and all that kind of stuff. So it's all very interwoven. And starting with that lifestyle piece makes so much sense. We're celebrating our 100th episode of the podcast Retiring Today, and we're looking back at all of the stuff we've been talking about. And interestingly, we did seven podcasts on lawmakers or legislation. So probably not what you would typically think of when you think of a financial advising you know, business. Oh, those people know about laws and lawmakers. Well, Lauren, I think this is maybe one of the underlooked aspects of retirement. Well, I love talking about the legislation because it's... It's interesting because it has to do with so many different facets of our day-to-day life, but there's not a lot of interest for the normal person. Did you guys get that? The normal person. There's not a lot of interest in in paying attention and dealing with the legislative and weaving that into somebody's retirement plan, but it's so integral. Uh, I remember specifically the SECURE Act. The SECURE Act took place... Uh, it was passed in December of 2019, uh, started January 1st of 2020, and we were all over it. I mean, we were following that thing all through the year 2019. The House passed it, uh, overwhelmingly bipartisan bill. The Senate passed it in December, effective January 1st, 2020, and we were talking about the nuances and how it was going to change. I mean, it was the, the biggest piece of legislation that impacts legacy planning that we've seen in decades And then all of a sudden the world stops because of COVID, right? The world shuts down. Nobody wants to talk about this boring secure act anymore. Uh, You know, we're trying to figure out how to stay healthy. We're trying to figure out uh, how to prevent our portfolio from evaporating by 50% because of what the market's doing. There's so many different things that people were worried about in this country, but the secure act still had big implications as far as people's legacy plan. So we started talking about that a lot in, in the first quarter of 2020. 
people didn't want to hear about that. And then we had to pick that up really in the first quarter of 2021 because it was still on the books and it still had overwhelming implications to people's plans. Okay, I'm going to call back to about two minutes ago when he first started talking. Did I think he made a joke that landed like a lead balloon. Did you catch it, Rochelle? Well, you guys certainly weren't laughing. Um, he said, what, normal people? I think he was admitting that he's not normal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was watching both of you. I was, I was watching to see how this joke was going to land. Molly, it didn't. you didn't even look up. Rochelle, you kind of gave me a smirk, but I think it was more because I was smirking. Well, for a minute, I wasn't sure who the normal, not normal people were. Like, normal advisors or normal retirement planners or or common investors or normal human I, I didn't catch the context of the word normal but now I mean I know for sure you're not normal that I already knew it was like a given a known constant yeah this is why I will never be a comedian <laughs> stick with what you know Merkel. Let's, let's keep talking about retirement plan normal did you catch that and we're both like oh I think you made a joke <laughs> let's do stick with what you know because I think it's worth reminding people how the secure act did change things uh, a couple of things things for the better, but generally not, you know, favorable changes, especially if you're going to uh, inherit an IRA, right? Well, there's a number of things that it did do, but yes, the overwhelming impact has to do with how you pass on your IRAs, your traditional IRAs and your Roth IRAs, and even to some degree, your 401k plans. Uh, what we used to talk about in our educational classes before, or our workshops, is how you could have a multi-generation, multi-generational IRA or stretch IRA which means that you pass away, you have $500,000 in your IRA, you have two kids, uh, you say 50-50 to Jan, 50-50 to Bob, your two kids. Uh, Jan can spread out her $250,000 inheritance over the course of her entire lifetime. So she has to take out a required minimum distribution each and every year, but she's 40 years old. So she can take out just small distributions and, and spread it out over the course of her lifetime. And then when Jan passes, she still has that inherited IRA that she can pass on to her kids. And that's how it becomes a multi-generational IRA. Well, what the SECURE Act did is it said, Jan, you can't spread out these distributions over the course of your lifetime. You now have a 10-year window in which you have to take 100% of that IRA account out. And oh, by the way, each and every distribution, you have to pay taxes on it. So it really shrunk the window in which Jan uh, was able to stretch out the distributions, which probably will increase her overall tax bill on that account. So it pretty much eliminated the multi-generational IRA for most people, and it increased the overall tax bill that in, uh, people who in inherit those accounts are going to have to pay. When this happened, not only did we do a podcast about it, lunch and learn with the clients and families we work with, addressed it on the TV show you were calling people and or having them come into the office and make some changes to their retirement plans if needed. Yeah, really the call to action at that point was if you have a trust in place or if you have a legacy plan in place, then you need to at least reevaluate it. Uh, talk with your legacy planning attorney, talk with your retirement planner and make sure that all the wishes and desires that you had uh, your legacy plan built around before, it was still going to accomplish the same thing based on the SECURE Act and the new legislation. 
Another one of those podcasts that we did was January 2021, The New President and Your Retirement. And this was kind of interesting for me to look back at because what we did at that time was we decided to look at some of Biden's proposals. They were simply just proposals at that time, stuff he had been campaigning on, changes he said he was going to try to pass. And then what's what I think is interesting about our process is that now we are a year and a half in or a little over a year and a half in. And these proposals didn't didn't come to fruition, most of them, because, well, there's a little thing called Congress that gets in the way sometimes of what a president wants to do. So we did talk about how we thought what the step up basis would change, Lauren. We thought tax rates might change as well. We, we had a whole lunch and learn, talk about some of these proposals. Yeah, it was all the stuff that they were talking about that at that particular point in time. And we, at that point, didn't really know were they going to get this passed or get that passed, get all of it passed, get none of it passed. We didn't know, but we just wanted to educate people on here's here's some of the proposals. If they're passed, here's the implications. Here's some of the strategies that you might want to consider. And just realize that legislative changes is a fact of retirement planning. There has always, have always been retirement planning legislative changes. There will always be legislative changes that impact what you're trying to do from a plan standpoint, which reminds me, it was probably, I think it was last year, we uh, sat down with somebody for the very first time. He was an attorney, uh, just retiring, and we were going through our three-step process. We were in step number two, which is where we decide, do we want to work together and build your plan? He's like, you know, I really love what you guys are doing from a planning standpoint, but the way I look at this is I think we can just work together, build the initial plan, and then I can kind of go off on my own because the plan's already built, and then I really don't need you guys anymore, right? <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I kind of chuckled a yeah. little bit. I was like, yeah, it might kind of seem like that on the surface, right. but I promise you, once you see your plan built and you see all the different moving parts involved in the plan and then how these external factors can influence those different moving parts, you are not going to want to go anywhere and try to do this stuff yourself because there's consistent changes, whether it's the legislative changes uh, and the strategies that go along with those changes, even just from a tax implication standpoint, there is always something to do with your plan. And that's why your retirement plan should not be a set it and forget it type of plan. Yes, once you get that initial plan set up, you feel really good. Because for the first time ever, you've seen an organized plan that's going to address all of the concerns that you have from a retirement planning standpoint. But things change. And you need to make sure that your plan is consistently updated to accurately reflect your goals, but also the current environment around you. And I can think of a couple of changes that we've podcasted on recently. The income tax laws change in the state that we live in, which is Iowa, but we also take a broad look at how how do you juxtaposition income taxes versus uh, state income taxes versus federal income taxes. Maybe you take an RMD in that second year uh, that you become um, RMD, RMD eligible or RMD, you're not eligible, have to take your RMDs. Another thing we just did a podcast on was spousal succession. That can change your retirement plan. You go into retirement together and then one of you passes away. Well, this can change a lot of the the financial aspects of what you're doing in your goals in retirement. And the last thing, Lauren, which this is the one you like to talk about, tax brackets are scheduled to change in 2026 if, if Congress makes uh, no changes. Yeah, so the question is, will they actually change? I mean, based on current legislation, Congress has to do absolutely nothing from now to 2026, and the tax brackets will change, but will they really change? Will con- Congress enact something different that says uh, they're going to change in a different way than we anticipate, or 
by the way, they're just going to stay the same. So we don't know. That's why it's, uh, for me anyway, it's so fun to watch the legislative process, uh, see what the proposals are, see what falls through, see what goes through, see what goes through uh, that ends up completely different than the initial proposal, and then devise strategies around how it's going to help you on your mission. Because really, the legislative process is an end to the means for you, meaning that it's uh, your retirement plan is what you're really concerned about and how you're going to accomplish that. But here's this kind of annoying legislative <laughs> law. What? No one thinks lawmakers are annoying. <laughs> Here, here's all these annoying about? distractions and changes that really uh, will modify what your plans are. Uh, but you just want to know that you can do the things that you want to do, the things that you've always been dreaming about doing with confidence and security and, uh, and, and having a lot of fun in this time frame, which should be a lot of fun for you. I mean, the go-go years are exactly what they, they sound like. You should be going and doing the things that you want to do with confidence, knowing that you're going to be able to do it not only now from a financial standpoint, but also 10, 15, 20 years down the road as well. Yeah, and that's what I like about the approach, too, is what we talk about on, on a lot of our platforms is you don't have to be a victim to a lot of this stuff around you. So lawmakers, we, we don't want the families and individuals that we work with to be watching these bills so closely, unless that's what they're into. I mean, some people are. Some people love watching the political process. But if it's not your thing, we don't want you to have to watch it. We're watching it for you. We'll relay to you how this may or may not change your uh, retirement plan. And then I think about that same thing with the stock market. You've told me you don't want the families and individuals that we work with to to wake up, turn on the television, go to the go to their website and see that the Dow is way down and, and get any type of anxiety about their retirement plan. Yeah, that, that's a great way to say it. You should not have to be a victim to any of this kind of stuff because we know that there's going to be changes. And specifically when we're talking about the, the stock market, we know it's going to go up. We know it's going to go down. Uh, on average, we go through recessions every five to six years. So we need to be prepared for when it goes down. I mean, nobody's going to call and complain or you're not going to look at your 401k statement and complain because it's up by 20%. But when it's down by 20% and you have to start taking income from it next month or you are already taking income from it, that can destroy retirements. Uh, somebody just wrote us, uh, signed up for one of those 15-minute retirement checkup phone calls. And in the comments, he said, I want some real guidance. He said, I don't want you to just tell me the market's going to go up, the market's <laughs> going to go down. Give me something I can really use. Uh, and I think that that's one of the differences between what we do from a retirement planning standpoint and what a lot of other professionals do is we know this stuff is going to happen. We don't know exactly when. We don't know exactly how bad it's going to be, but we do know it's going to go down. So let's be prepared. And in our plan, let's have strategies in place to protect so when it does go down, it doesn't blow up your retirement, but also there's very specific strategies you can implement when the market goes down so you can take advantage of it and be in a much better position eventually when it does come back up. On this 100th podcast, we promise to look back, kind of see how things have changed, see what stays the same, and also talk about what we're watching next. So again, it's legislative stuff, it's Secure Act 2.0, it's Earn Act, it's whatever fancy name the lawmakers want to give it, but we're, we're keeping an eye on some legislation that is now past the House, past the Senate Finance Committee, and is uh, being reworked into its final version in the Senate. Yeah, what you're referencing is the EARN Act, Enhancing American Retirement Now. It's a part of the SECURE Act 2.0, and there's, like most pieces of legislation, there's a lot that goes into it. Essentially, uh, they're trying to help out with student loans, uh, and so those who have heavy student loan debt, maybe, you know, if you have heavy student loan debt, 
you may not feel like you can contribute or afford to contribute to your 401k plan. So what's some strategies where you can kind of tackle both at the same time? Pay down your student loan debt, uh, maybe have your employer make contributions on your behalf to the 401k plan in addition to what the safe harbor type contributions are. Uh, but then also if, if uh, you're within the ages of 60 to 63, maybe allow you some some higher catch-up contributions. Right now, the con- catch-up contribution for those 50 and above is 6500 a year for the 401k plan. So increasing the catch- catch-up contribution for a certain age demographic, allowing you to uh, stockpile a little bit more away into your 401k plan. So there's different legislative proposals like that as a part of the EARNED Act with the whole idea of how do we allow you to save more on a tax-deferred or tax-preferential basis for your retirement. Look at that government allowing us to save more. Also talking about, of course, raising the RMD age. That's one of those things that uh, changes a lot. We saw with the SECURE Act, it went from, what, 70 and a half to 72. And now they're talking about maybe 75 or or some kind of a uh, graduated system, right? Yeah, gradually making it to 75. Maybe uh, by this time next year for a certain age demographic, it could be 73, not 72. It won't make it easy. It will have have a formula of some sort. The fact they got got off of a half, right, 70 and a half to something even like 72. I think that's progress. I think we're getting there. But yes, there's still a lot of nuance into the bill. And, and it's definitely a graduated uh, process for those who obtain ultimately 75 RMD requirement. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And we'll keep an eye on that legislation. If things change that could impact your retirement, we will do a podcast right here on retiring today. We've covered a lot of stuff today. It's been fun to look back at 100 episodes, you guys. I think what we've learned is that getting in here, having some fun, adding a little bit of levity, but also really feeling like we're talking directly to people has been uh, a, a lot of fun for us. And the response that we get from those 15 minute checkup calls, I think people are hearing what we're saying and enjoying it. Lauren. I feel like that's an acknowledgement that you actually do like my jokes. Right? <laughs> have a little fun, a little levity. Lauren's jokes. I thought the levity were, was me and you and Rochelle. Oh. Rochelle. Okay. So we're having a lot of fun on this podcast. If you want to have a conversation with Lorne, he promises that he won't uh, try to be funny in the conversation. <laughs> He'll actually listen to your retirement goals and talk to you about any of these components or any of these uh, issues we've been talking about today on the podcast. That 15-minute complimentary, complimentary checkup call is at MerkelRetire.com. And we'll continue talking about all of the aspects of retirement on this podcast. It's Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkel Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Ooh, I didn't know you were going to stop there. <laughs> threw me for a loop. <laughs> How long okay. have we been doing this? <laughs> I, ha- I know I had like a decent... I feel like I'm pretty predictable. <laughs>